Well, welcome everyone. I want to start out by saying it's a blessing to be able to come and uh, just share God's word with you. And I just pray that as we dig into the word of God today that we get to taste and see that the Lord is good. We're going to be primarily in Psalm 34, 1 through 8. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and get that out and we're going to run through this. And I believe that God is going to bless you with some really powerful truths. What I'd like to start out with by saying this today is something that you've probably heard a lot in church. But I want you to grasp that. I want you to get this down in your heart. Are you ready for this? God is good. And we know we hear people say God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And that's true. But sometimes uh, in the midst of the storm, it's, it's hard to see that. However, that doesn't change the goodness of God, His nature, His character, and His will. Amen. Have you ever really ta- talked to anybody or thought about it yourself, how much God really loves you? I mean, we have to make this thing personal. We have to grab hold of this so that we really see and experience uh, all that God has for us. And so today, I pray as we just spend a little time in God's Word that we see how deep His never-dying love is for us. That it sent Jesus Christ through the cross to pay our sin debt in full, to set us free to be with Him forever and ever. But you know, not everybody has that clear understanding. Not everybody sees God as He is supposed to be represented. Amen? And what I'm talking about is that we need to look through the lens of God's Word to see God the way He is. He doesn't change. He doesn't shift shadows. It's all about Him being the light. It's all about Him being the Lord of our life. You know, a lot of times when uh, I talk to folks and maybe they haven't really experienced the Lord or maybe given their life to the Lord and maybe some who have um, still struggle with this. Have you ever heard anybody say this? You know, maybe they think that God's just a stern rule maker. Maybe they think he's a taskmaster or a hard-fisted character that can't wait to punish you. Well, you know what? God is holy and there is wrath with God. But there's freedom with God, forgiveness with God, grace with God, and love with God. And what I want us to do today as we look through the Word of God is to get a clear understanding of who our God is. So if you will, take your Bibles out, open up to Psalm 34, and let's taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? Now what I'd like to do, first I'm going to read through verses 1 through 8, and then I'm going to come back and kind of unpack uh, the, the sermon a little bit and unpack a little bit of that psalm that David wrote under the inspire of the Holy Spirit, all right? So first I'm going to go ahead and read this and then we'll go ahead and jump in, okay? It starts out in verse 1, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will speak constantly of His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together. I pray to the Lord and He answers me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow or shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds me and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Amen? Now that's a good place to be, taking refuge in the Lord. Now like I said, what I like to do is kind of just unpack a few things that the Lord showed me this week as I was just in prayer and studying um, the Word, okay? So we go back to the first one. We just said, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak to His praises. What exactly was David saying? Let's pull that out. David has an attitude of praise 
and conviction to hold fast. And I love when we study about David because, you know, a lot of times we feel like we don't measure up sometimes. Well, you know, the ways of the world will tell us that we don't measure up. But when we look into the fullness of what Jesus Christ did, we start to see that we measure up. And the only way we measure up is in him. Amen. And David knew that. So he had an attitude of praise and conviction to hold fast. Even when things were tough, he would strengthen himself in the Lord. If we move to verse 2, let's take a look at this. David knows the Lord in in his greatness. He had a desire for others that are helpless to see the hope of Almighty God. Let me ask you today, do you have a desire for others to know God? Do you have a desire for others to seek His refuge? Because, you know, as Christians, as those who have put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we should have a desire to share that good news. And I know you do, and I just want to encourage you with that, that God is using you mightily in your jobs, in your families, in your communities. When we, we lift up the name of the Lord, let me tell you, people are watching. And so be a mirror of Christ everywhere you go. And remember, it's the Spirit of the Lord being displayed through you. Now, verse 3, what can we unpack about that? David sees the value of corporate worship and the power of agreement. Standing together in the Lord. Let me tell you, it's something powerful about standing together in the Lord. As many of y'all know that I talked to our brother Daryl Brown, and I, I tell you, I get so excited about what's going on in his life, even in the midst of this, this incident where he's, he's been recovering for some weeks now. And when I talk to him, I want to be his cheerleader and root him on, but every time I get back off the phone, he's the one that's encouraged me. People say, what do you mean? Let me tell you, when I talk to my brother and he says, you know, I, I can feel the prayers of the church. I can, I can see how God is moving in the midst. We're going to make it through this to the other side. See, his focus is on that of the goodness of God. That's why I go back to the message, taste and see. See, I can only tell you about God. I try to show you in my actions and, and love and compassion. But you and I, to really experience that, you have to taste it for yourself. You have to have the relationship with the Lord. Well, going back to that, we see that there's power in corporate prayer. Yeah, it's power in our own prayer. But there's something about when we come together, standing in the gap, that just really eases the burden, doesn't it? You know, I tell you, for some folks, when they go through things, one, without Christ, I don't know how they make it. But two, even if they have given their life to the Lord and they've kind of stepped back from the fellowship, I, I can't help to think that God could just squeeze them a little tighter if they had a brother and sister in the Lord standing by. Amen? Now, God can do His mighty work. He doesn't need us to do anything for Him, but God chooses to use us to work through us. Hope you understand that. I'm saying that God's all-sufficient, but He chooses folks like me and you to be yielded to His Spirit so that we will be ah, that mirror of Christ, that fragrance to the world. Amen? And just like David was saying here, he he had a value for corporate worship. I pray, you know, wherever you're at, I pray that you get plugged into a Bible-believing church. I pray that, you know, when folks come to our church and and, and maybe are, 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 let's just say what it is, church shopping. I want them to feel like this is where God's called them. And if it's not, it's okay. But just go where God's called you and make sure that they're using the Word of God. Always tie it back into Scripture. Amen? I'm going to roll on down here. Let's take a look at five. I'm going to reread that and then we'll break it out. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Well, David was confident 
in the goodness of his God. Let me ask you today, are you confident in the goodness of your God? A lot of times I tell people, well, how big is your God? See, a lot of times we start looking at our problem instead of getting our eyes on the problem solver, the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty. And we allow the enemy to just build up that, that little anthill into a mountain. I'm not doubting anybody going through tough times. I'm not saying that, you know, just suck it up and, it, and, and things like that are not being compassionate passionate about it. I hope you hear me today is that I want to point you to the love of Christ. I want to point you to the compassion of the Lord. I want you to see who God is from the Word and get a proper understanding and a proper picture of who He is. He's a God that loves. He's a God that forgives. He's a God of compassion. He's a God that never changes. He's a God that sent His Son for you and I to die on the cross to pay our sin debt in full so that we could have freedom in Him and be washed clean of our sin. Amen? Let's move on a little bit more. As we look down at verse 6, this is what the Lord was showing me here. You know, David knew in desperate times God is faithful and able to deliver us. See, God is faithful, I want you to hear this, even when we're not. Does that mean we can live any way we want and do anything? No. We should desire to be obedient to the Word of God. That doesn't mean we don't miss the mark. That doesn't mean that God won't give us forgiveness because He surely does. But what I want you to see here, even in a life like David, when he missed the mark, you know, with Bathsheba and, and adulterous affair and, and different things like that, when he lied and, and when he had it, uh, the man murdered, he was quick to turn back to God. Now, I want you to know something here. He still, there was still what I call scar tissue. He still had a lot of problems from the, the choices that he made. But through what his repentance showed, a repentance heart there, he's the only one in the Bible that's ever spoke of, of being a man after God's own heart. See, he missed the mark, but he got back in the game. And he asked God for forgiveness. And he kept moving towards God. That's what we got to do, friends. We need to continue to keep moving towards God. Even when we drop the ball, get back up, ask for forgiveness, and keep pressing to the mark. God is faithful and able and willing to deliver us. I go down to verse 7 and I look and I see how David had a reverence, a healthy understanding of who God is and trusted him to guard, surround, and defend David through the toughest times. What are you counting on to get you through tough times? Is it yourself? Is it your savings account? Is it your status, your job, your family? Let me tell you, when everything's stripped away, there's one answer. And it's name, his name is Jesus, Amen. He's the answer. No matter what the problem is, Jesus is the answer. And so as we look at this today, look at the heart of David, knowing that he's missed a mark, knowing that he's had things going in his life, but he was quick to repent. He had a reverence and a healthy understanding of who God was because he had a relationship with the Lord. He knew the Lord. And that's what I want us to see today as I say it over and over. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. So now we're going to roll on into verse 8 and break that out a little bit. This is our main text that we see here today. David's desiring that all would taste and see that the Lord is good. He didn't want others to struggle. He didn't want them to fear. He didn't want them to doubt, but to take joy in the security of the awesome power of a loving God. See, David wanted us to know God. David wanted us to see the very nature of God. Amen? Awesome. Well, if you got your notes that we have, the first thing we're going to see there that I want to talk to you about is we're going to look at his nature, God's nature. 
And I got up on the screen there. It says, the God of all comfort. The very nature of God. Think about that. The God of all comfort. The creator of the universe desires to comfort you and I in the midst of the storm. And, and, and when we've, we've missed the mark, I keep saying that because the people I talk to through week after week after week beat themselves down so bad. And I'm here to tell you, you know what? God loves you. God sees where you've been. He sees where you can go when you put your faith and trust in Him. Because He is an all-comforting God. The very nature of God. Let's take a look at this. It says He cares for us in the midst of our hardships. Now, you know what? I tell you, I, I don't know why it is, but I know it to be true. It seems like we learn more through the tough times than we do the good times. I don't know if that's just the way we're wired or maybe we're just so busy enjoying the, the fruit of things sometimes that we forget about those hard times and how much we need to rely on God. We need to rely on Him in the tough times, the good times, the bad times, all times because He's worthy. You know, the Lord with His nature, He stands by us and encourages us. I got a couple of scriptures I want you guys to grab hold of. Psalm 23, Isaiah 40, verse 1, Isaiah 49, 13, Isaiah 51, 12. This is just a few that you can go back and write down and, and pull those up as for some encouragement. But God stands by us and encourages us. You know that little whisper that you hear in your heart that you say, you know, you can do it. You know that little whisper you hear, that little tug on your heartstrings that say, you know what? I paid the price in full for you. Listen to that. Line it up with the Word of God and walk forward and lean into the promises of God. I want to talk a little bit about the very work of God. To comfort us is His character. It's His ministry. Jesus said He would give us rest, Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. Jesus said He would send a comforter to be with us always, the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of times we don't realize it. We, we push people away. We try to make it on our own. But see, we're built for relationships. And the number one relationship we need to make sure that's intact, that's right, is that personal relationship with Christ. You say, well, how do you do that? You do that by asking the Lord to forgive you of your sin and put your faith and trust in Him and what He did on the cross. He paid the sin debt for the world on that cross. He poured out His blood. And, and that was a new covenant that He made between us and him and when we by faith grab a hold of that and say lord thank you for being my substitute thank you for forgiving my sin lord help me walk this out he'll never leave us or forsake us now in the bible there's many names that god goes by usually when we would see uh especially in the old testament when they would experience god in a, in a new way or something maybe as a provider or a refuge or a shield or he's my joy they would, would maybe write a song or or, or share a message out of that. And I love this um, next little thing I want to share with you. I love the, uh, the, the identi how God identifies himself when Moses asks him at the burning bush, well, who am I to say to you sending me? And the Lord speaks to me and says, you tell them that I am has sent you. And I just broke that out. I am the creator. I am the redeemer. I am the savior. I am the Lord. I am the light. I am the water. I am the bread. I am the door. And I'm the way. And he goes on. And basically he says this. I am the great I am. See a lot of times when we go through struggles. We need to know who God is. And we need to know the very nature of God. That is how he brings comfort. That's how he brings assurance into our spirit. And into our life. 
And that's how we can live out a life spirit-filled for the Lord Jesus. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about Christ's work, uh, the works that Christ did while he was here. They were about comforting. Now, there was a lot of things Jesus did, but I want to streamline this from the Scripture. I want us to understand that, that as we understand and receive comfort, we must value the truth enough to learn it. You say, buddy, what are you talking about, man? What do you mean, value the truth? Well, you know what? I'm talking about valuing the truth by attending church, reading the Word of God, and, 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 and engaging in prayer. I'm talking about growing in that relationship with God, reading His Word, Letting the Holy Spirit to minister to you. See, so many times we just we just see what's on the surface and we go, oh yeah, that sounds okay. Or, you know, you know, we don't set it as a priority. Friends, I want to tell you today, set God as a priority in your life. It must be the first thing that we do. That's got to be the deal. People say, well, what about my family? Absolutely. Let me ask you, who gave you your family? God himself. It starts with God. You know, so many times we, we, we look at what I need and what I want and what I think I need. Well, I can tell you what we all need. We need Jesus. Amen. So let's roll on out here a little bit more. Let's talk about the power of God. See, God is sufficient no matter what the problem. You heard me say earlier, no matter what the problem, God's got the answer. Amen. We might not like the answer. We might not get the answer that we want, but I can tell you that God's going to give you the very best answer clothed in, in love for us. You know, the old saying is this, it said, does God always answer prayers? And you hear people say, yes. And people go, what do you mean? I've seen it one of three ways. Yes, no, wait. That's going to be the answer. One, one of those three, yes, no, or wait. And you know what? All of them. When we seek the Lord, we can trust in those are best for us. Amen. God is sufficient no matter what the problem. God is enough. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 talks about that. And I want you guys to think about this. Is God enough? I ask people all the time, how big is your God? Because my God, the God of this word right here, the God of the Bible, the one true, awesome, holy, powerful God, like no other, there are no other. With a capital G, amen. He is more than enough. And see, we need to get that in our spirit and understand that as we experience Him. Because when those times come, when that, when that time comes when our back is up against the wall, we need to know. We don't need to hope so like the world. We need to know so and hold on to that. I was sharing today, a friend of mine, some time ago, his wife had an opportunity for another job. Matter of fact, it ended up being within the church, but it could be anywhere else. Uh, and we have the same outcome when we look at what I'm going to share with you. And I had talked to her on the phone, and she said, I'd like you to stand with me in agreement on this job that I believe the Lord has for me. He's placed this in my heart, and I want to serve Him in this area. And I believe this is the time that God is going to open up the doors for me to serve in this capacity. And I said, that's great. And so when my friend got back on the phone, I said, well, that's wonderful, man. I really hope that works out. And I said, what's plan B? And he says, plan B. He says, you're out of faith already. He corrected my thinking. I said, you're right. He said, there's no plan B with my wife. She said, this is what God's told her. And we're going to stay the course. Well, let me tell you something. They stayed the course. And God is faithful. And she got that job. Now, I'm going to tell you what. When God puts something in your heart, don't let the world rob you of that. Don't let the naysayers come up and say, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. When God has spoken to your heart, cling to that and walk out 
what he has for you. Amen. Hope everybody's doing good. We got a couple of more things to share on this slide. We'll move on. Now, he comforts us. And I put down primarily for two reasons. There's, there's a lot more than two reasons. But I wanted to pull out a couple things here and share with you. See, God comforts us so that we can, when we go through things, we can help others in their afflictions. You ever notice that? Because if I haven't been through something, it's hard for me to really talk to you about it on the level that maybe you're going through. And then, after that, he wants us to be willing to share the truth about Jesus. He wants us to be sharing the truth about Jesus. See, you know, a lot of times, and I'm going to back up just a minute, when we talk about attending church, reading the Word. You know, a lot of times when people say, when, when preachers say something about attending church, they say, oh, they just want to fill up the church. They just want a bigger building. They want this. Let me tell you, I say this many times, and I want you guys to hear this very clearly. It's not about filling up the seats in the church. It's about filling up the hearts with the love of God. That's the deal. You know, when we play somewhere, play a little music, and when we minister, people used to say, well, where, where's your church? And the next thing is they want to know, well, how big is your church? And I kind of giggle because I know what they're asking. I know they want to know how many people's coming. Well, you know what? I always tell them, I said, oh, it's about 70 feet this way, 40 foot that way, or whatever the dimensions are. And they look at me like, man, you know, what are you talking about? See, it's not about the size of the, of the place. If you want to know about the size of the place, how big a place does God have in your heart? How big a place is Jesus ruling and reigning in your situation and mine? Amen. I pray that as we look at the word of God, that we we say, you know what? We're going to give it to him first and we're going to make it go from there. And we trust in God to bring the results. Amen. See, God's God's more than enough. I talked about that today and I had somebody say, you know, I said, God's enough. (laughs) Somebody said, God's more than enough. I said, you're right. You're absolutely right. So what I'm telling you, this is what God has for us. His very nature is for him to comfort us, to love us, to go with us through hardships. But he wants us to grow in the grace of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hope you guys are doing good. We're going to keep on rolling. The next thing I want to talk about is his will. What is the will of God? You know, I want you to know, you can know this right now. Are you ready? If you're writing down something, I want you to take a little something and write this down. John 6, verse 40. Amen. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. Do you hear that? It's about people knowing Jesus. It's about people coming to Christ. It's about people going to heaven. And it's about people being used while we're here to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. See, so I hope today when we look into God's word that we not only hear what his message is, but we taste and see that it's good. That we experience him deeper and deeper as we grow in that love and relationship. See, that's the will of the Father. Amen. And Jesus always did what he saw the Father doing. So guess what? It holds the same for us. Amen. See, his desire is for us to know him personally and intimately. He chooses to reach out to us in love and mercy. So how are we supposed to respond to people the same way? So, so look, we can be assured of a home in heaven, a place at the master's table. But you know what? There's so many blessings God has for us, has for us here. I want you to understand that we're blessed beyond measure. I mean, even in your current state, no matter what it is, I bet you if you really look hard, you can find the fingerprints of God holding on to you somehow. See, because a lot of times we we can't even be standing by ourselves. It was so overwhelming. We've been wounded. Anybody ever been wounded? I know I have. Okay, you know, has anybody ever been passed over by the world? I know I have, but not by God. 
You've not been passed over by God. So hold fast and look up and be encouraged. Because you know what? For this is the will of my Father, Jesus says, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last days. Friend, we're blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. Amen? So let's talk about His blessings for just a second. You know, I don't believe there's any book that could hold all the blessings of God. But you know, God's Word contains so many. And, and I, I just to whittle it down a little bit, I said, I'm going to pull out this particular scripture and we'll go from there. So if you've got your Bibles once again and you want to write this down and come back to it, I'm going to read it. It's in Romans chapter 8. I'm going to start in verse 31. And it says this, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. And I want you to hear this last three words. And he's pleading for us. Pleading for us. See, God is for us. God provides for us. He gives us right standing in Christ. Jesus is pleading for us. Have you ever thought about that? I love to take that time. You know, you say, man, I just don't measure up. I don't feel like, you know, I'm worthy and all these different things, man. That's a lie from the devil. See, because in Christ, we measure up. We measure up just fine in Christ. See, when we try to make it on our own, when we try to do it by our works, when we try to do it by some our wisdom or knowledge, that's not impressing God. God loves you, and He's seeking to save that which was lost. That's you and I. That's why Jesus came to this earth. I want to share a little bit of a few scriptures here, and I'm just going to kind of going to highlight some of these things. And you know, a lot of times people say, "Well, well, why did Jesus come?" I'm going to give you a handful of them right here. You can write them down as we cut through. Amen. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Aren't you glad? I know I am. Jesus came into the world to call sinners to repent, to seek and save the lost, to demonstrate the true purpose of life and give himself as a ransom. Jesus came into the world to be the king and the witness to the truth. Amen. He came to do the will of the Father. He came to be the light of the world. Jesus came in to give us life in abundance. Amen. He came in to proclaim and preach the good news of the kingdom of God. He came into the world to die on the cross. That wasn't an afterthought. That was the main thought. He came into the world to die on the cross. He came to fulfill the law. And he came in for us to make a decision. And I pray today as you hear the word of God that you come to the decision that you need Jesus. And he's the only way to heaven. He's the one that secures our future in heaven by what he's done, by the ransom that he paid. You know, Jesus came to demonstrate God's love for you. And Jesus came into the world because he was obedient to the Father who sent him. Amen. So I want you guys to think about that this week. I want you to think about it often. And I want you to know that God loves you and God is for you. Also today we had an opportunity to take take in some... Uh, uh, fellowship time and we did communion you know the lord's supper and, and so many times people don't have the the understanding of that but i want to tell you what it's all about it's about 
the symbolization of death, the death of Christ for our sins. It's a representation symbolizing the death of Christ for our sin. It reminds us of how great the sacrifice was when he laid down his life. It's about the truth of the great promise of Jesus Christ coming back. It's a reminder of salvation is the complete work of God for all our sins. So you know what? As you have the opportunity to participate in that, do it with a grateful heart. Examine your heart. Take a look. If there's any unconfessed sin and say, Lord, you know what? There's things I've been working on this week that I just need you to work on because they're just too much for me. You know, God, a lot of times when I talk to people, they think they're only going to talk to God about the big things. But when you're in a relationship with someone that loves you, you can talk about all things. And so today I pray that you taste and see that the Lord is good. I love that scripture. I want you guys to think about that and ponder that this week. Because you know what? And it says, oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. I pray today that if you've never taken refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ, by asking him to come into your life, forgive you of your sin, that today is the day you do that. You say, well, buddy, how do you do that? I'm going to tell you. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, there was a need for us to have a Savior because we couldn't do it on our own. We couldn't do it by works. We couldn't do it by money. We couldn't do it by task. Any of these things. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. So God sent His perfect Son to pay the price. And you can know about that in your head, but that doesn't do you any good until it drops into your heart by faith. You need to call on the name of Jesus right where you are, right the way you are, right now, and say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I pray today that as you listen to the message that you were blessed by that, I pray that you go through the week tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Be blessed. Enjoy the message. Listen to what God has for you and share it with the world.